They say there's a tree in the forest, a tree that will give you a sign. Come along with me to the sweet hollow tree. Come and carve your name next to Kiss the right sweetheart, the one you've been waiting for. Big blossoms of white will burst into sight, and your love will be true. Sweetheart Tree for this evening's podcast with from note from John with a babble from Bond. Here it is, uh, February 3rd, 2019, and great Sunday uh, evening. Welcome to our podcast. Uh, today's been a wonderful Sabbath day for us. We've uh, had an opportunity to be together at a state conference earlier today and Twilla. Yeah, out in Twilla. In the Twilla North State, really and humble, sweet people. It was. It was a. It was a great uh, time with them today, and Bonnie did a great job with her talk, and they loved it as usual. And That's so, good, John, as well as yours. And then um, came home and and uh, spent a few hours getting ready for our dinner, and had all of our families together here, with the exception of Josh and his family. So we had a a good crowd, and it was kind of on a Super Bowl theme, and. Um, so I watched a little bit of that and uh, enjoyed having everybody over for dinner for with drumsticks and hot wings and hot dogs and salads and potato chips and funeral potatoes and that you did and you relishes did. and fruit and plates shrimp. and shrimp. Yuck. It was yummy. <laughs> the shrimp. Yes, and then we had a great. Um, Dessert. We celebrated seven birthdays this week in our family. Yes, and we made Valentine's, so it was a busy, fun Sunday to be together. And relationships are important. And before we talk about our relationship, since it's the love month, and that's why we sang our sweetheart song, we wanted to give a shout out this evening for granddaughter Adana. Where'd you go, Adana? who did very well in her gymnastics meet. This little girl spends four hours Monday through Friday from four to eight every day practicing. And, uh, oh, did I say eight? Is she, how old is she? Eight she's or, nine. Oh, did she, I say eight? Oh. Didn't say. Oh, she's nine years old. Yes. Nine years old, and she took first place over um, all around. And She's working really hard. She does a great job. She's a strong little thing. She is working hard, and we're proud of her. A way beautiful to go, smile. Dana. Way to go. And everybody else, we appreciate so much the the help when we have family dinners. Uh, everybody pitches in and brings things and helps with the uh, the dishes. And oh, they do, they do wonderful. All. They clean up and yeah, they're really great. About it's all that. great to have them over, and we love it. Well, um, we've been talking all week about what we might want to share in tonight's 
podcast and uh, well we talked about a number of possibilities but what really came down to it for us this evening is uh, we'd like to talk about uh, marriage relationships it's the month of love and so we thought why not why not since it's so important in our lives that we we were able to develop strong marital relationships we we thought we'd just share some things that have worked for us and perhaps some things that haven't what and um, and we're the, we're the first to say we don't have the perfect marriage we have a great marriage but you know we've got our own issues to deal with and have been dealing with and um, I still have all of my own left to work on, but you don't. <laughs> That's good. You're just perfect, sweetheart. That's great. Yes, I certainly am. And you certainly are. That's why it's a happy, 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 happy wife, wife, happy, happy wife. life. And you make me really, <coughs> excuse me, really happy. As do you. I just and just have to say, f- uh, for all that are listening, for our children, our grandchildren, our missionaries, and others friends and those we love um bonnie is an amazing woman she's just so kind and considerate and thoughtful and full of love and love for the lord love for me love for our family and um, she just makes life enjoyable and makes right decisions and has the right kind of attitude about things she's so forgiving and so many great qualities about her that I learned from and I love her for. And anyway, there you go, sweetheart. How's that for a, it's a great almost opening. a Valentine? <laughs> well, it's a great opening. Great opening. <laughs> Thank Bonnie you. Bolt, and one I, of a kind. And I could say the same about you. What well, I like. We've already wait, wait, been there, I know, sweetheart. But one it's, thing I really appreciate about you is that you put the Lord very first, which gives you a greater capacity. You love the Lord, which gives you a greater capacity to love even more so everyone else. That is true. I, I, I'm convinced that that's why he said that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy might, mind, and strength. This is the first and great commandment. Yes, even though it's hard for some wives to go, what, you don't love me the most? I've found over these many years that when someone loves the Lord first, the capacity to love others becomes even greater. It does. And well, so uh, we, we uh, as we were driving out to Tooele today and then back, we thought about a, a couple of principles regarding marital relationships that we thought we'd just give our own viewpoints on. These doesn't mean they're right. It doesn't mean you have to do anything. doesn't I mean, you have to agree with us. This is just how we feel about these things. And but I wanted to start with a quote. First, one of my favorite ones was, a successful marriage requires falling in love many times always with the same person. Because sometimes when things don't go so well or whatever, and you think, oh. But then... Does that, does that mean, mean you've fallen out of love with me many times? Oh, maybe on sometimes. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, when, when we... <laughs> <laughs> when we have some issues to deal with, and you might go, hmm, I don't know if I like that person very much today. And then again, and then it turns around, and oh, you go, oh, I've fallen in love with him again. It's okay. As if you've had fallen out of love, huh? No, uh, just maybe not 
I just maybe didn't like something, but you've been there too. So let's talk about some of those. I, no, I've never fallen out of love with you, sweetheart. You had to fall in love with me. I, I, I did fall in love with you. You're right. Well, it took you a, some time to fall deeply in love. Well, that's part because I was just a little more immature than you were when it came to the that side of the emotional game. Well, I'm certainly glad you yeah, came well, around. So am I. So, <laughs> so, am I. so uh, a couple of uh, some of the the primary. Wait. So let me just back up and explain that a little bit because. I didn't really fall out of love with you. Well, now I you're just, trying to explain. Yeah, it. really. I see. I just fell even more in love with you. So there you go. That's, you know. <laughs> a nice recovery. It was, I thought. <laughs> so uh, some of the guiding principles for me uh, with regards to this relationship come from the scriptures. And one is from the, the Lord's work that thou shalt leave the father and mother and cleave unto him or her and no one else. And, and I just think that's so important that uh, the person that we choose uh, to be our companion can always know that we have no interest in anyone else, that we literally cleave unto him or her and the twain shall become one flesh. That doesn't mean that we lose our identity, literally, and become just this one being, but we become one in purpose and one in design, and one in effort, just like our Father in Heaven and the Savior are one in uh, their efforts and their goals and desires for us. So those scriptural elements are really important for me. And also the, the words of Peter as he talks about excuse me, Paul, about uh, husbands love your wives like, the, like the, uh, the Lord loves his church, to treat them with kindness, love, and respect. I love those principles that should be the guiding principles in all that we do. Well, I like the part with this scripture where it says cleave unto each other. There are a lot of marriages where um, the, the wife or the husband husband still has all of his other outside interests, which you can still have, but he puts his outside interests before his wife's interests and vice versa. The, the wife sometimes says, well, I'm going to go be with my mother or my side of the family and leaves her husband out. So it's not a putting each other first in the relationship when you have, oh, I'd rather do this than be with my husband. You do have to cleave unto each other to help it too. So, so we can approach this from either, you know, a couple of uh, angles. One is you can approach it from the very positive angle of what you mm -hmm. should do uh, to make your, your marriage the very best. And you can also approach it from the negative angle of what you should not do uh, to make your marriage best. Maybe we'll, we'll cover a little bit of some both of those. I'd like to throw out the first one, Bonnie, and, and that comes really from a statement that uh, President uh, Kimball made, I believe. It was President Kimball many years ago. It could have been President Hinckley. Um, but he said that the underlying cause of all problems in marriages... It was President Hinckley. Was it President Hinckley? Okay. ...was selfishness. And, and when you think about that, you think about the potential types of problems that arise 
it really usually does fall right back to one or both being selfish. Instead of being able to think of the well-being of your companion first and foremost, uh, over and above that of your own. I, I recognize that's hard to do a lot. For those of us that have selfish tendencies, it's even more difficult. You have this tendency to be completely unselfish. I have more of a tendency to be selfish than you do. And, and I'm continuing to strive to learn to become unselfish, to pray for Heavenly Father to help me be more unselfish, well, that's where, more giving. That's where in praying to cleave unto each other and not, like they say, outside interest. You cleave to help each other and make your companionship your first priority in everything. Yeah, well, I, I, I agree with that. So um, that one el first element is we, we got to find a way in our individual lives to overcome selfishness. Especially is that true as it relates to our companion, to become unselfish, to, to think of him or her above ourselves, above all else. Now, I guess in the hierarchy of relationships, our, our first love should be, of course, for our Heavenly Father and for the Savior. And then after them comes our love for our spouse. Third, our love and devotion to our children, our grandchildren, our posterity. Um, fourth, to the Lord's church and to all that uh, is important in, in that regard. And then there are a lot of different fifth places, uh, you know, work and uh, uh, recreational activities and sports and music and all of those things that we may be interested in, but they come after those other primary uh, focuses. So, that's where, your call. Well, that's where we... Um, serve each other. I think that's one of our top ten is to serve each other and and try to do our best to make that other person happy, fulfill their needs, and help them to um, feel your love. And as well, I'd, I'd like this other little quote that I've always thought of. It says, success in marriage does not come merely through finding the right mate, but through being the right mate and helping each other succeed as we serve each other. Thank you. So I'd like to maybe focus on a couple of the other elements. One of it, I think about marriage relationships um, in a general sense of in four primary categories. Um, one has to do, it's like a, a chair that has four legs. And if you don't have all four of those legs strong and sturdy, that chair is not going to be very reliable. And I think that same thing is true in our marriages. We've got to have these four you know, primary areas strong and healthy in order for our marriage relationships to be healthy. And the four that I've identified are our physical. Second is um, emotional. Third is spiritual. And our fourth can be financial. 
And all of those areas got to come in together to make things work. So from a physical standpoint, I think from a, from a marriage standpoint, a husband and wife obviously have to be compatible physically, have to be able to be attracted to one another. And that attractiveness then suggests that we do all that we can do to take care of ourselves, to be appealing to our companion, that we, we keep ourselves clean and um, um, <laughs> take baths and showers appropriately and uh, you know, do all, what we can to make ourselves a, a, a presentable to our companion. I agree. You've always um, been that way. You've always, like my mom said when you'd come over, it seems like John just stepped right out of a shower. I probably have. <laughs> <laughs> but what I've said before on this, one of the things that I have really appreciated about Bonnie over all these years is that uh, um, when I would come home from work, uh, I was anxious to be able to see her. One of the reasons was because she always looked good. And I, I, I know that she'd been dealing with these young children all day long and... Um, and all of the issues that come about that with your hair and throw up on your shirt and working at home and, 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 and all that comes with that. And yet, sweetheart, you always looked really nice. Well, I, I did run. I knew when you were coming home and that was a plus for me. So I would run in and change my shirt and just comb my hair and throw lipstick on. Because I remember my grandmother, my nana, said to my mother, you know... You should always try to look your best because your husband goes off to work and he's around women who have dressed up because they're out in the workforce and you should always try to look your best when he comes home. Now, I know I don't always look the best when he leaves because I'm trying to get kids out the door and I probably threw a bathrobe on and ran a brush through my hair, but... We were all so sensitive to each other in that respect. There were bad days or hard days when he'd come home or if I'd been sick or vice versa, he'd been sick. We don't always look our best, but that's part of serving each other and and looking at the, the good parts instead of thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so glad he doesn't look like this all the time. Yeah, <laughs> true. And let me... Uh... Uh, in a in a very careful way, also indicate that from a physical standpoint, that leads to intimacy that becomes an obviously an important part of our relationships. And in connection with that intimacy, one of the things that's just so important to me is that we be always respectful of one another in that that part of our relationship. That we respect. Uh, uh, the feelings and the um, thoughts and ideas of our partner and certainly don't uh, do or require to do or anything that would be um, uncomfortable for our companion. Well, also, as far as um, physical appearance, when wives go through having children and they've put on weight and... Sometimes husbands put on weight for, for yeah, whatever sure, reason. Sure and so we don't want to sit there and, and say mean and cruel things to each other to try to help each other get through some of our issues of trying to get back where we were or just be kind and loving in those areas instead of 
being cruel by what they say. But I wanted to back up for one more um, comment before we go on into that is that when we do, we do need to be physically attracted to each other. But I just wanted to, I know this isn't about dating, but for those who are still looking for the perfect one for them, um, and you might not be physically attracted to them at the very beginning, if you go out with them several times and get to know their personality, sometimes that will change and the personality adds a whole new charm and dimension to that physical appearance. And so then that might be something that you could look at as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I also, in connection with the that intimate physical aspect bit. of the that physical side is... Um, as the Lord's statement to us that we ought to keep all things within the bounds that the Lord has set. And if you uh, are unsure of what the boundaries are that the Lord has set for us from an intimate perspective, then you got to go, you go ask Him. And the two of you ought to find out through the Spirit what is and what is not acceptable to Him and to each other. Oh, sorry, I just dropped my phone. Or who, um, or, or what's appropriate for each other. Some things yeah. might not be to one c- companion or partner as it is to the other. So to be sensitive to those as well. That's certainly where an element of unselfishness comes in to be able to um, uh, be sensitive to the needs and feelings of, of our companion. But also... Um, that's something that you shouldn't withheld, withhold. Or I agree with that, sweetheart. To use sex or lack thereof as punishment, punishment is one not. against the other, to me, is just tragic. It is tragic. It just drives a wedge between us. And, you know, we, we both men and women have this God-given uh, desire for one another that's built into us. And when... You know, one side's going to have it stronger than the other. And when that other partner uses that as a weapon, I just think that is really bad news. And I hope that as husbands and wives, we can, um, we can avoid when we're unhappy with one another for whatever reason. We could certainly avoid the prospects of using intimacy as or lack thereof, as a weapon. And, and go ahead. Can I, can I also indicate in this whole area of the, the physical aspect of our relationship that we've always talked about when I would leave in the morning that there was a, a, a hug and a kiss, and you'd always refer to it. As a duty kiss. As a duty kiss. Something that I had to do. Or, That's right. And it kind of... I don't know whether it bugged you or what, but we always did. And I would hug and kiss you when we came. I came home from work. And you would, again, call that a duty kiss, too. Because that's the only time you would really... It was like a kiss here, a kiss there, hug here and hug there when you're coming and going. And sometimes you need a little more of that during the day. Well, yeah, but I <laughs> wasn't home during the day. Well, they were on Saturday and Sunday. I, I, that's true. I, well, it was on Saturday. <laughs> but, and, and in connection with that as well, um, uh, the importance of physical touch 
Bonnie loves to hold hands. <laughs> not I, necessarily. I, you do. <laughs> no. I, I'm, I'm not the biggest hand holder in the world. But I know you like to hold hands, so we've, I think, try to find kind of common ground. Well, a touch is just important, whether it's an arm around you or on your leg or your knee or arm in arm. Physical touch is kind of a connection to each it, other instead of just sitting there, blah. It really isn't. What, what, what does that connection do for you when you touch my uh, prosthetic limb? Good job. <laughs> Oh, my. <laughs> that really does it for you, doesn't it? Yeah, no. <laughs> sure. Yes, because it's part of you, and I just know that that's you. Yeah, well, there you I, go. it's nice of you. <laughs> but yeah. one thing, though, if you are having issues in this this area um, and it's not improving, that's where you need to step in and get some counseling. I think that's a good point, yeah. And not to be too proud. I, to I certainly it. think it's, it's uh, appropriate to mention here as well that um, um, it's just so important that we're true to one another and that, that men don't go, especially men, don't go searching for satisfaction somewhere else, whether it's in, through pornography or, or through um, in, uh, an emotional attachment to another woman. I, I just, uh, you know, it can happen and it does happen. Anyone. And you just have to be so careful that you can't, you don't get caught in those traps. When That's we right. do, if we do, we uh, get down on our knees and ask the Lord for forgiveness and our companion and move forward and strive to live a life that is worthy and clean and appropriate. That's right. I realize this now that we get off the, the physical uh, side of that, of the, uh, our stool, our chair, uh, that I had mentioned that one of the four areas of those stools was financial. I meant to say it was, the fourth one was social. So the four areas were physical, spiritual, emotional, and mm -hmm. social. Yeah, that's right. And um, that financial side of things can certainly come in part of our uh, our emotional side because it affects that uh, fairly significantly at times. Let me, uh, you know, we've... Um, We've gone longer just with this part of our podcast than I anticipated tonight. There's no way we're going to get through all of these uh, points. So I think maybe, sweetheart, if we could just take a couple of minutes and talk about the financial side of things. And then perhaps next week we'll, um, we'll talk about the spiritual, emotional, and social side. And I have some top ten things as well. So two parts. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, for a, a, a relationship to be successful, you, you've got to be in agreement financially with how you intend to live your lives. And one of the things that we've learned is that debt can be a terrible drag on a marriage, marriage. relationship. It sure can. Because debt has an effect of, it changes people. When they're, uh, when they're in debt, they become under such pressure stress. and emotional distress and, and that it can cause very difficult circumstances. So what, one of the ways of helping us to be able to have strong, uh, stable marriages is to do the very best we can to be as financially 
um, stable as we can. Well, one of the ways we do that is to stay out of debt as much as possible. Now, in, in the means of staying out of debt, there are some circumstances for young couples where it's appropriate for um, a reasonable amount of debt. One may be for education. Another may be to get into a home that's of an a, appropriate size and circumstances for... Not a mansion. Yeah, not a mansion. Something that's within your budget. And perhaps a car if necessary. It doesn't have to be a BMW or <clears throat> some fancy car, but it ought to be reliable transportation. And I remember, uh, again, the prophets have taught us the importance of staying out of debt. Because when you're in debt, you're paying interest. And interest never sleeps. It always is accruing. And, and if you're not careful, that debt and the interest that grows that you owe now, in addition to the money you've borrowed or, or paid for something, um, it just makes life very difficult. It's very stressful in a marriage, that's for sure. And you both have to work towards it. I know when husbands will say to their wives, oh, I'll take care of everything, don't worry about it. And even if they're getting into trouble financially and then they haven't told their wives, and then they end up telling them that night, well, we're getting foreclosed on and all of these things and the wife has no clue. You have to be open and talk to each other about these things so that if a wife has to go to work for a little bit or whatever to help the situation, you need to be open and let each other know what's going on. Yeah, you're, that is absolutely right. So that you're both clearly in this together. When you get into some financial challenges, two heads are always better than one. Especially if one of you happened to pass away when you were in a financial problem. We know of a relative whose husband passed away. She had no clue how far de in debt they were. And it was just more than she could handle, and they just hadn't talked about it. So for our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren, for our missionaries that are, that uh, uh, when that time comes for, for you to, um, having made the choice of a person that you want to marry, please, please make sure that before you ever go to the temple to be married, that you talk about your finances. You talk about your uh, feelings about finances. Talk about your feelings about debt. How you feel about buying things that you can't afford. And, and come to uh, an understanding about one, what is your current financial circumstances? I'm aware of one couple that I had an, an opportunity to interview as a bishop and they came in and uh, and I started talking with them a little bit about finances. and They hadn't even talked about it. They had never talked about it, not once. Not until that day in my office did she learn that he was $40,000 in debt that he hadn't shared with her. Yeah. Wow, that, that just raises all kinds of red flags, in my mind anyway. And there's also the wife or the husband who has a spending spree or cannot cannot control their spending habits and they use the credit they max out the credit card and the husband's trying to to keep her happy and then he ends up um 
he's desperate, so he ends up taking money where he shouldn't, or I, it's, it just becomes ugly. Yeah. So. It really does. So uh, there's a couple of things that you, you can, you can incorporate in your marriages to help to avoid financial problems. One, and most importantly, in my opinion, is to pay your tithing. Yes. As hard I, as it is sometimes. Oh, no kidding. But I really, really yes, believe. The testimony of paying your tithing first. That the Lord will bless our lives if we are obedient to that commandment. And we've seen it in our lives, even when it's been really difficult to pay. Yes, put, put Heavenly Father to the test. Pay your tithing first and see what happens. The yeah. windows of heaven will be opened. Yeah. Second is develop a budget and live within your means. That's hard sometimes. Budgets are tough. <laughs> I, I was on a budget in law school and it was not fun, but we got through without owing anybody any money. We did a lot of 50 cent pot pies, didn't we? <laughs> and we can't eat them to this day. <laughs> we are so done with pot pies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, a third uh, as you uh, develop your budget is then to live within your means so that, that you don't spend more than you make. And that <coughs> part of that. That budget oh, will me. always include, in addition to us, we've already mentioned tithing, that it would include something, some, some portion of your income into a savings to try to help prepare for needs on a rainy day. And may I add that when you do have a sufficient, well, not necessarily sufficient, but money um, that you're pretty well stable, to put some in a little envelope for your wife so that she doesn't always have to come up and ask her husband for money. Or, I mean, you're in this together, even though the, the wife might not be earning the money, she's working at home just as much. Well, and today, sweetheart, many of the wives may be working. They might be. Equally. They might be, but there's a lot that are not. Yeah, still. that's true. But it's nice to know that you have a little bit of money from on the side that you don't have to always go and ask for it. Yeah, well, I, I agree. She, she certainly should. And, and uh, in that regard, you should always be able to talk about purchases before oh, yes. purchases are made. Now, now, maybe, you know, purchases over a certain amount of money. I don't, you don't, I don't really care about something $10 or under <laughs> or, or whatever, whatever dollar amount, whatever dollar amount you choose. But, but when it comes time to spending large larger amounts large. of money, you ought to be able to talk about it and make sure both of you are in agreement. And if you can't come to agreement, you don't buy it. Well, there you go. That's uh, some of our uh, experience uh, level that has taught us these principles, and we found that they work. Um, they're not always easy. They are not always easy. And sometimes there were days where I thought, oh, will we ever be able to dig out of this little dilemma or need this for this or that? And it always seems to work out. Yeah, we just have to find ourselves being patient and trusting in the patient. Lord and working hard and being honest in all that we do. And, mm -hmm. uh, and ultimately, things will work out. 
And also, if you can't handle your money between the two of you, again, go have someone help you figure out your finances so that you know where your money's going for retirement, for needs, for schooling, whatever, so that you can be taught how to budget. Yeah, we have. Uh, we always had either in our ward or our stake someone that we would assign to help uh, members of our our area to uh, that were struggling with dealing with their finances to go get help from uh, someone that we considered a specialist in that area that could help teach them principles of budgeting of living within your means uh, those types of things. Because some don't know how to do that. I, I know that's true. So they need some outside help to help guide them and direct them. So, and that will help your marriage, I promise. It really will. And uh, we're grateful to talk tonight a little bit about these two areas, uh, the financial side of our lives together and the, the physical side of our lives together. Next, uh, next week we look to talk with you about the spiritual, emotional, and social side of things. And a few other and, and and Bonnie's top ten uh, <laughs> items of happy marriage. Marriage is that true? Yes, of course. Okay. Well. So let me just end with this right now. Oh, okay, so go ahead. From Charles Dickens, another favorite quote of mine: "Come, let let's be a comfortable couple, and take care of each other. How glad we shall be that we have somebody we are fond of always to talk to and to sit with." about all of these matters. That's a great thought. I think so. Yeah. You know, I just thought about one other thing I want to I want to add to then, sweetheart. And that is um, for those marriages where where the husband is the breadwinner and the wife is the stay-at-home mom, please uh, men you got to recognize that just because your wife may not be earning money she is contributing equally to the financial status of that your home as you are. The answer. hours and the time that she spends in working, uh, what it would cost you to hire somebody to do all of that uh, is uh, almost prohibitive. That's right. So I, I just think it's important that we we never get into this this framework and, and this idea of, well, I'm the one that's made all the money, so I'm the one that should be controlling it. Well, <laughs> you may be the one that's out making, but she's making it possible for you to do that by taking care of your home, by taking care of your children, rearing and teaching them in the ways of the Lord, and besides being able to be a support and encouragement and uh, so many other things that she does in in taking care of the home. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, okay, it's been a wonderful evening so far, and uh, uh, we'll look forward to a great week this week. I might just tell you, here it is, the 3rd of February, and in one week from today is Bonnie's... Birthday. Happy birthday in a week, sweetheart. Thank you. That's all from here, from Notes from John... With a babble from Bon. Good, Good night. night.